Praise God. Good things going on. Everyone ready for some word today? Go with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts, the second chapter. Let's pick up today. We started a new series last week and uh, even played some Jamaican music for you. Let's get together. I haven't experienced in over 25 years a particular thing that holds a lot of believers back spiritually. And I want to change that for those whom it is holding them back. All right, You can't do exactly what I do because of the nature of the assignment upon my life. But there is something that happens in me and has for many years that is necessary for every believer uh, today. All right? And I'm going to come back to that. We are blessed, of course, to be a part of a, a, a growing, thriving local church. Isn't it good to be a part of something that's alive? You know, that things are happening. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people are kind of stuck and they feel trapped in, in situations that are uh, dead and dying. I mean, I know of individuals that have told some of you that have come to, and told me. They, they said, I've been in this place uh, going on Sundays for so long, nothing ever happens. Nothing, there's nothing going on. There's no one getting helped or healed or anything like that. But I, because of the people there that I know, I can't leave. And I think, ah, yeah, I understand. I, I value commitment. I really do. And that commitment to individuals. But, you know, if nothing's happening, that's not of God. Huh? And, and we can be a part of something that's growing, not just in a, in a attendance or numerical standpoint, but when people are getting saved and healed and there's, there's spiritual growth going on and, and, and people are being empowered to fulfill their purpose in life. Uh, these are things that I really value, and I'm glad to be a part of a group that's going for it uh, in God and to be a part of uh, the lives of others who are not just sitting on the sidelines but getting in the game and uh, making a difference in life um, these days. So praise God. As we grow larger, uh, how many know there's another reality that we must have, and that is we must also grow smaller? Okay, these two dynamics, when taking place at the same time and having a right structure and system to foster both of these can produce a very powerful effect in our lives. Uh, we highly value, I value, personal relationships. I value the connections that we have within the church body, uh, knowing this, that uh, this type of ministry that we're involved with right here at this very moment is only one part of what God does in the body of Christ, what he desires to do through us. It is only one aspect of ministry. I, I know if you go back in church history and, there, you know, there's a whole lot of um, ministry that is portrayed as if this is all that there is. As if, as if this is the only way that God works when one person is speaking and the crowds are listening. 
But that's not the that's not all we need. It's not all God wants to do. It is one aspect that is of God. Uh, we see it in the Lord Jesus, but there is also one on one ministry. There is the value of interpersonal relationships. You know, we like to say it this way around here. What we value is the word, the spirit, each other and others. All right. And it is that relational component that is necessary for us to thrive. And uh, if we're going to experience it, it is necessary for us to intentionally put ourselves in a position to where uh, that type of ministry can exist. I mean, outside of this type of ministry, Uh, we have to do it on purpose. It's very easy for a person to come and coast it's very easy, and, and for a period of time, I'm glad this can happen. It's very easy for a person to come into our, our church building and just kind of hide out in the crowd and not get to know anyone. And I realize sometimes people, you know, they may need that for a little while. They've just been messed up in life, and, and they don't really want want anyone to ask them about it. <laughs> they just want to hear and worship and receive the Word, and that's fine. But on a long-term basis... That's not the plan of God. We need to be uh, related to one another. We need to have associations and, and, and something that we the Bible calls fellowship. Right? And so we've got to intentionally put ourselves in a position to make that kind of thing happen. A friend was recently sharing with me, a, a pastor friend who is in another state, how a few years back they did a some type of survey in their church with a focused group of people. They were trying to identify by asking certain questions and going through this procedure what they were doing well and what they were not doing well. They wanted to identify the strengths of their ministry and the weaknesses so they could improve. And all of us are, you know, looking to improve and do things better. Uh, What he discovered... He had done this multiple times, but he he said one of the times what we discovered was not real uh, pleasing to him. He said because the results showed that our church was lacking in spiritual passion. You know, if anything is like a low blow to a pastor, (laughs) you know, as far as like feeling like you're you're failing, you know, you're you know, a revelation that you're not doing a good job is uh, people don't really love God that much. You know, they're really not very excited about spiritual things, about the kingdom of God, about winning the lost and all this kind of stuff. And, and that was the revelation that came to him regarding his church. And he didn't feel very happy about that. Uh, but as they as they looked at it and dug a little bit deeper, what they discovered, and I thought this was very interesting. It's the reason I'm sharing it. He said, we discovered that the reason people were feeling that way is because they did not have an avenue, an outlet to express what God was doing in their lives personally. So they were receiving. God was working in them and and they were having good church services and that kind of stuff seemed to be fine. But there was no release or expression of their experiences with other people. And I thought, that is really powerful. That is very interesting. Well, what we see here is like uh, the difference between a lake and a swamp, right? We have an inflow, but no outflow. And how many know that can mess us up spiritually? It really can. This is what I meant 
when I started off and I said, I haven't been able to relate to that. I can't, I haven't experienced that in over 25 years because of the nature of my call. What I, what I do, I constantly get to talk about what God showed me. He showed me this. He revealed this to me. He gave me, I had this experience and I have a platform, so to speak, to let it flow. But what he, my friend found, and what I don't want to be the case in our scenario either, is for people to have experiences with God, but lack that ability to share. Lack that ability to let there be a freshness in them because there's an in and there's an out. There's a flow towards and there's a flow from. All right. And all of us need this. We have it doesn't all look like what I do. Not everyone's going to stand on a platform, preach and all that kind of stuff. But there needs to be a relational component within the body of Christ where there is a sharing from one to another. It helps the person saying it. It helps the person hearing it. It is a benefit to those who get to release what God has given them. And it is a benefit because of the very nature of what God has given them it is powerful and it is effective and it, it will minister and help other people. Okay. And so I've discovered and in just thinking about this in the last few weeks, I derive a lot of satisfaction personally out of sharing what God has done for me. And I hadn't really thought about that too much. But I feel good about it. Doesn't mean you feel good about it, but I do. And I think how many individuals could, it would totally light a fire in them if they had an ability or a platform or a, 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 an environment where they could freely share. And even, I realize sometimes uh, the, the, the way that this works, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll read scripture eventually. <laughs> the way some of this works is one person shares what God has said, what he has done, or how they've received an answer to prayer, how they've had a breakthrough, a victory in, in life. And another person is sitting there listening to that and they're thinking, that's what I need. That's what's not happening in my life. And it's that relationship and that encounter that produces a shared success. One of the things I in, enjoy doing is uh, talking shop, so to speak, with friends who walk with God. In other words, I, I at times will, quote, figure things out. Now, maybe that's not the best language. Maybe it's just, you know, the Lord revealed it to me, something like that. But I figure out how things work. I figure out what works, what doesn't work, because I want to stop wasting time doing things that don't work. I'm talking personally. I'm talking ministry wise. I have friends in ministry and we'll talk and I'll, we'll bounce ideas off each other. I did this and this is what happened. You know, I, I had come to a, a, a revelation recently about when some things that I had experienced happened close together. And I started thinking over time and I recognized this happens a lot. And, and it was this. So I called a friend. I called a friend who's a pastor and I said, have you ever experienced this where you find that people who have done things for you personally, when you go to minister to them, the gifts of God in you will overflow abundantly towards them? And they confirmed, yeah, I've seen that too. I said, I've seen that happen a bunch lately. And so I taught that on one of our believers meetings a couple weeks ago. The revelation for me was right there in the word. But I, it's like I figured this out. I know how this works now. I see why that happened for them. I see that why it worked for this person. It didn't work for this person. And so sometimes we need this interaction. 
this engagement with each other where we can bounce off ideas. We can share, hey, this is not working in my life. (laughs) What's working for you? How did you get this? You got your healing, but it's not working in me right now. And talk to me. Let's talk about this. And, and I'm going to do the best I can from this platform and from the, in this environment to share truth. Truth makes you free to say it in a way that's hopefully received well. It's creative enough to remember. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things we do. But how many know sometimes you just need to talk to someone about it? Sometimes you just need to express. Sometimes you just need to have a conversation. Let's work through this and let's uh, let's figure out how all these things work together. Praise God. Acts chapter two. Let's read our our text today. This is uh, for this series. Acts chapter 2, after a bunch of people got saved, it says in verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So after they got saved, they didn't just run home and go back to their life as it was before, but they continued in certain activities. The uh, New International Version reads this way. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted. So they continued. They devoted. It was so important, so necessary for their life going forward that they said, we're going to make a commitment to this. We're going to devote ourselves to these practices, these habits, these activities. And one of them that we're keying in on here today is they devoted themselves to each other, to fellowship, to that relationship. Not only the obvious, oh, we're going to commit to the word. We're going to commit to prayer. Uh, Those things are important and valuable. But they said, we're going to commit to each other. We're going to devote ourselves to fellowship. Now, uh, the word fellowship, the word translated fellowship from the Greek, which is our where our New Testament comes from. Uh, it, it, it's a word that means a sharing in common. Okay, it, it, it were, it's a word that means uh, partnership, participation. It's also translated as contribution, communion, distribution, and communication. Okay, so these are all the things that are involved. They said we're devoting ourselves. We're going to talk to people. We're going to commune with them. We're going to share. We're going to give to them. We're going to have a sharing in common with them. But their their sharing, their commonality was not just about natural life. Hey, we're we're both fishermen. Hey, we're both farmers. Hey, we we we, we both do this. It was not just based on those natural earthly things. They had a a similar experience. All right. In this case, this verse. A lot, bunch of those were, you know, you had the 120 in the upper room, and then the rest, well, they were the 3,000. They all got saved on the same day. So that's cool. When did you get saved? Yesterday. How about you? Yesterday. How about you? Yesterday. <laughs> I mean, almost everyone they knew got saved at the same time, at least at the time, at, at, at that immediate point. And so they shared a similar spiritual encounter with God. And that was not a one-time event, but that was a continued event. I'm going to know our our relationship with God is not just saved now. Stick it out until you get to heaven, dude, because it's going to be rough. No, it is a relationship with God that is supposed to be ongoing, continual flow of God's blessing, his direction, his provision, his instruction for our life. All these things flow to us continually, and they're supposed to flow in us and kind of spread around among others. And they committed themselves to this type of 
fellowship or commonality, walking out the will of God in their lives. I'm sure there was a lot of this worked, this didn't work. They figured it out as they went. They didn't even have the New Testament, but they were living and enjoying life. And they'd give to one another. They pray for one another. They do all these type of things that were of great value. Now, fellowship then. Now, now understand the context. Christian fellowship. This is people with connection with God, relating to others who have shared experiences with God. Uh, fellowship is is for the Christian is one thing, but it is always going to be based on the subject being discussed. It is possible for a person to fellowship with them or share in works of darkness. We can fellowship with light. We can fellowship with darkness, even though truly we have nothing in common with it anymore. But people can go there and you can have a relationship that actually tears you down instead of lifts you up. It actually makes life more difficult instead of being freeing. Look with me over at the book of 1 Corinthians. Right turn. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And there's some simple but powerful truths here uh, that we need to get a hold of. It's 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33. Take a look and notice what it says. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. What's that preceded by? Do not be what? Deceived. Why would you tell someone not to be deceived? Because of the high probability that they might be deceived. How many know the last person to know that they're deceived is the deceived person? Because if you're deceived, you don't know you are, right? You think you're doing it right. You think everything's good. But there is a deception there that keeps you from seeing it. So, that being the case, and the very nature of that word and how it plays out in our lives, if ever we see in Scripture the statement, do not be deceived, don't read it, don't read past it real quick. Don't go, oh, that's not me, but that's a good word for someone else. Because that might reveal, that might be a very picture of what's happening, and that is personal deception. Okay, this is one of those areas. You always want to read after it and say, okay, what is he talking about here? What do people have a likelihood of being duped over? And one of those things is this, that their associations are not having a negative effect upon them. People get deceived in that arena all day long. They think, oh, it's cool, it doesn't matter, I'm strong, I'm not influenced by them, uh, they're influenced by me. Maybe, and maybe not. But it's very possible that you think that's the case when the opposite is true. Hmm? That's why we need to do a double check here. Now, he said, evil company corrupts good habits. And we're talking about fellowship. We're talking about the connections we have with, with, with other people. Now, the Lord didn't tell us here to isolate from those in the world. That's not what he's saying. You who are Christians, you need to get away from all those evil people. <laughs> no, how many know we are called to reach the world? 
If we're ever going to reach those who are, who are lost and hurting and, and need help, we have to be there and we have to be involved in their lives. But there is a real truth here that many are deceived about, and that is their constant and continued participation with unbelievers in the areas of darkness and the areas of ungodliness. Is there ever a time for a person where they would cut off a relationship? Well, what if that person is not being helped by you, the person who is in darkness, and they're not receiving from you, they're not being helped by you, but you are being drugged down by them? That's not helping anybody, is it? All right. It's interesting. Someone, uh, again, the deception here is sometimes, well, I'm stronger than that. I'm not influenced by that. I think we are a lot more than we realize by negative stuff and even watered down spirituality. But think about why it works this way. I mean, it's not ideal, but negative is stronger than positive in this regard. You know, health is not contagious. You never hear of a, a contagion going around. It's spreading all across the land. Health. And you got to watch out, wash your hands and stuff and so you don't catch it. No, but what but but the negative does, right? A disease can be contagious and and spread, but it's, it's the positive doesn't. It's like if you're handcuffed to a a person and you're you're like laying on a on a a couch and you're laying there and you're handcuffed to someone who's laying on the floor. Is it easier for them to pull you down or for you to pull them up? See, there's something built into negativity that says sometimes I just need to disconnect. All right. Now, of course, we want to win people, so we're going to try to talk them up, aren't we? Win them with the word, with the message. It's called the gospel. It's the good news. And we can and should be involved and influence people's lives. But sometimes we're just so connected uh, and we just need to let go. And this other statement I made, I think needs revisited. There's a lot of watering down. A dumbing down, if you will. Meaning we accept Christianity according to the model that all of us, all the people around us have. And what they experience may be not genuine at all. Maybe, maybe, maybe genuine is not the best word. Not potent at all. Not as, as strong as it could be. Uh, what if... You know, we were influenced by the world with this mindset of, and that's what he's talking about, this mindset of, you know, just live your life, eat, drink, and die. I mean, don't a lot of people really kind of live that way? It's just day to day. I'm just doing these things and then it's going to be over. No mind uh, mindset of eternity. No consciousness of forever. No, no knowledge of how what we do and what we invest in today is going to be reflected in eternity. That's a dangerous way to live. See, and if all my associations are just so carnally minded, so earthly uh, minded that that influences me, then I'm going to live my life in such a way that is far beneath the potential of what God designed. All right. Some say, well, my friends, those I associate with, they're Christians. All right. But I've been around this a lot. A lot of Christians who never talk about God. 
They never talk about spiritual things. They never talk about God's grace and his provision and how he saved them and how he delivered them and how he protected them and how he healed them, how he answered this prayer and how he they just talk about the same stuff that everyone talks about that doesn't know God. See, I think that's a problem. I think that's a watering down of my expectation and my relationship with God. If that's everyone around me, that's their reality. And so I want to change that. I want to start a fire. I want to stir something up that's contagious in a good way. But it's a, it's a fire for the things of God. It's a consciousness of God. Uh, is it possible that some believers have, because of just those they associate with on a regular basis, they have, they have this idea that, you know, sickness is normal. You know, bad days are normal. Huh? Just struggling through life is normal. And that's just, well, that's just real life. Everyone just needs to accept that. Really? Really? Or maybe that view of Christianity has been, has infiltrated your belief system. Maybe there are others. Maybe there are large amounts of others who experience life and experience God where there's continual protection. I run in circles and have close friends and many of them here, but where sickness is rare or never. Just doesn't. Where the blessing of God flows and opportunities come and God speaks and these things are just normal. You know, to hear about people being healed and set free and seeing it firsthand is just commonplace. See, if fellowship is based around the works of God, what he promised and what he fulfills, then our expectations rise for that to be normal in life. Welcome to the real world. You know, people are oftentimes living in a, in a, in a, a, a bondage. And it's a world, it's an expectation of God created by those who were not really walking close with the Lord. And so what I'm looking for is an expression, an outflow. God works in you and you're able to share that. You're able to release that and, 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 and express that to others and help them get it. Help them figure it out. Help them get a hold of what was working for you. Someone said, well, all this stuff you're talking about, that's just life. It's just hard. Really? Doesn't have to be. Where did Jesus promise that? In this world, you'll have tribulation. Well, I realize that, but I have overcome. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So I hate it when people read half a verse. Let's have the punchline. But I have overcome the world. There's always, there's always a victory note in the, in the words of Jesus. So this goes back to really, again, what I would call an, a need for in, intentionality. I need to put myself in a position, in an atmosphere, where these relationships and this fellowship can be uh, fostered. Where it can be, I have, an, I have an outlet to share, to receive, to figure things out, to experience God, to let, 
to let the, the God factor, if you will, be the normal part of my life. Not he's over here in a box. Not, yes, I believe, but I'm not really going to talk about these kind of things unless I'm asked or unless I'm at church. Huh? It's kind of over here. It's that part of my life. We want to broaden that to where it encompasses our life. He is our all in all. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And for us to talk about experience, talk to Him, is just as normal as talking to someone else. Look with me at Galatians chapter 5. Just give you a couple more things here today. Galatians chapter 5. This is this, this same principle. But I don't want to get in a place where I begin to, I begin to coast but a, a place where I'm making intentional effort. Intention, I'm intentionally doing something in my life. I've established habits or practices that move me forward. That cause me to progress. So I don't stay the same today as I, I, I was before. Galatians 5 and verse 7. Paul writes to them and he to this church. He said, you ran well. You did a good job. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? He knew someone had to be talking to you guys because you were doing great. You were free. You were alive. You were seeing God work in your life. Who talked you out of that? He knew evil company corrupts good habits. He knew someone had to be messing with you. And he knew that, well, that's exactly what was going on. You ever heard this? The Bible, the gospel is so simple. You need an expert to help you misunderstand it. Oftentimes it's been, it's been the experts, it's been the professionals, it's been the smartest and the best that have totally sapped the faith out of people who were just wanting to have a relationship with God. We figured it out and we discussed it this way and that way and the bottom line we came to the end result and no one was seeing anything. I've heard testimonies of individuals who, who are uh, seeing God move through their life, they're leading others to the Lord, they're laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover and then they go to Bible school. And it all stops. And I think, what in the world? What was going on there? Oftentimes, those who are experts. I'm talking about our school because it's really good. (laughs) It'll only increase. It'll only increase. But I think, what's going on there? You're devoting all this time to studying the Word. And sometimes people get so mental and so deeply theological. And they miss the point. You know, Jesus talked to the Pharisees. Uh, and he said, you study the scriptures and he, he said, you're missing You're missing it because they're they're what they're testifying of me. And I'm standing right here and you won't come to me. But you're studying the scriptures. Good job. You're experts in, in the law and you're experts in in the prophets and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but they're all talking about me and you're missing that. See, I don't want to miss. I don't want to do what we do and praise the Lord and, you know, have announcements and stuff and and and. Teach the word and do all this stuff and miss God right in the middle of it. But it's possible. It's possible. It's happening. We've got to make sure that doesn't happen with us. Say, uh, how, how do you judge that? I think the bottom line goes to, it, are we seeing and experiencing God working in our lives? If we're not, let's do it different. And if we're not very much, let's do it different so we can see more. But there's got to be an, uh, an association. I'm excited about this fall because we are implementing and stirring up the new and improved life groups in our church. 
And I'm going to be talking to you about these things. And it's to establish this type of high-level fellowship around spiritual things, where there's a sharing in common of God working in and through and among us on a powerful level. And I tell you, it'll take your relationship with God to a place that it's, that's not going to happen just in this environment. He said, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. He said, you didn't get this from God, but you got this from some individuals who were like wet blankets on the fire. You got this from some individuals who thought they knew more, and it has spread throughout. Now you're all back in bondage. You used to be free. You used to be happy. You used to experience God. You used to enjoy your life. But now you've been believing a couple of these turkeys who've been spreading this stuff, and it's brought you all back into bondage. And you need to quit that. See, this has got to produce some freedom in us. I remember years ago ministering to some individuals. I remember when I was ministering to youth and one, uh, one young man was saved. He had seen the power of God work through him and through others and seen people healed and, and God working. And he got associated with the wrong group. He got associated with a bunch of people and he was all of his time was being spent around them. And they were in this very deceptive religion. It was a religious-based experience. Woohoo! It was horrible, and uh, and uh, got deceived. And there's, of course, there's always a girl involved. And right, that's kind of how it works. I've seen that happen more than once. And uh, and I would talk to him. I said, "Dude, you're going off the deep end here. This is not right. You know that's not right. You're going down the wrong path here." And I do. I talk to him and say things, and and uh, and he went off the deep end and and actually joined their group and. Uh, Became a part of their thing, basically, which is turning his back on the Lord because he knew. And uh, I thought, yikes. And after a period of time, he came back. Thank you, Lord. And uh, he uh, was restored and, and got back with the Lord. And he told me, he said, he said, even while you were telling me, he said, I knew what you were saying was right. I wanted to change. But he was so influenced by those people around him. He felt like he was trapped. He was in bondage to that. And, uh, you know, I, I want people to be free. Um, does everyone around you talk sickness and fear and lack and doubt and depression? How many know if you're around that kind of conversation on an ongoing basis, it'll sap the life out of you. It'll sap your ability to receive from God and have a connection with his life-giving spirit. See, if I'm hearing that all the time, it affects my heart. But I need to be associated with and surrounding myself, uh, not to the exclusion of those who need me, but it depends. Are they being ministered to by me or am I being ministered to by them? Huh? Is someone being ministered to by my faith or am I being ministered to by their unbelief? And sometimes we need to be smart enough and recognize, hey, I need to intentionally do something. I need to get myself within an environment, a system, a program, if, if necessary, to where I get in there and now I'm doing something that will advance spiritual activity in my life. I want to, uh, I want to challenge you today. And, and challenge you to do something every day over the next week. Okay, anybody up for a challenge here today? All right, push-ups. No, no push-ups. <laughs> Sit-ups, no. Uh, some of you are up for it and some of you said, Ugh. 
not doing that. It has to do with spiritual consciousness. All right? If we don't do things on purpose, often we live a very natural, earthly life. Even though God's glory and grace fills us and surrounds us every day. His love is ever present in our lives, but we live unaware. And so do this. Do this. Over the next seven days, at least once per day, write down, make a note of something that God did for you that day. Now, here's the basis. I'll say that again, but here's the basis. I'm convinced that God is providing, protecting, helping, opening opportunities, doing all kinds of stuff for all of us every day. But our carnality exists in the atmosphere of being unaware of it. And if we could reverse that and live with a consciousness of God's presence, power, His His grace, and all these things working for us, think how much more we'll see. Now, if your experience today is, is, is walking on water, you probably don't even need to write it down. I think you'll probably remember it. You know, if someone is raised from the dead today, you'll probably remember that one. All right. But often what we miss are things less spectacular. And we think God hasn't really done anything for me. And that builds a consciousness that he's distant, he's unattached, he's far away, and he's not moving. When that's not true. But if I'll acknowledge, man, he helped me here, he protected, he brought this to my remembrance, he opened this opportunity, he saved me. In addition to, he answered prayers and things that are real specific. Uh, we acknowledge these things. What's going to happen? Greater consciousness of God. And you know what we can do with that from there? You know, you can share it with somebody else. You can tell someone else you're not bragging, but you're bragging on the Lord. You're boasting in the Lord's goodness. And telling that will increase your confidence in Him. It'll increase their awareness of God. They'll start figuring things out, putting things together. And before you know it, this is going crazy, man. This is like God is moving everywhere. It's like we're starting a revival and we didn't even ask God to do it. Some of you think that's blasphemy. We just need to pray for revival. Well, why don't we just... He already sent revival. On the day of Pentecost. 2,000 years ago. And he never retracted it. As far as I know, Holy Spirit's still here. Huh? He has been poured out. And he is among us. And the Word of God is just as powerful today as it was then. Amen. And the gifts of the Spirit are alive and well. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom and discerning the spirits. These things are just as real today in the earth and in the body of Christ as they have ever been. But if we've been dumbed down, if we've been watered down with, with a lack of experience and a lack of true Christian fellowship, and only thing we share in common is our agreement about warm weather is good, then we're missing some spiritual potency that can be a part of every one of our lives. And, and, and it's, you know, it'll spread. But we have to do it intentionally. We have to purposely open our mouth, purposely write it down. So take the challenge. See what happens. See what happens in you. In you. If it's a bad experience, tell me. That was horrible. Thinking about what God did every day. All right.
But write it down, at least one thing every day, what God did, what he's done, how he's shown you something, whatever it may be. There's the whole gamut of things, how he's working and moving. And if you walk on water, great. We'll, uh, we'll uh, get it on video if you can. Because, <laughs> you know, there are, some things are more fun to see than hear. Amen. So we want to con- foster in every person's life a consciousness of the Holy Spirit, of Him working in our lives continually. And uh, by sharing these testimonies, sharing our stories, not only is it a release, a freshness in the person talking, it is like a drink of water in a dry place to the person listening. I've heard, I've heard individuals say, I can't believe that. I've never heard of anything like that happening. When you share about someone being healed or blessed or something. I've never heard of anything like that. They hardly believe it just because they've never heard it. I think we should talk more. Amen. Intentionally. And we're coming together. And it's going to be good. This fall is going to be great. I mean, today's great. This month, I know, it's still summer. People are on vacations. Whatever. I hate that. (laughs) This fall, man, I'm, li- I'm looking to light this place up. And ultimately for the gospel to go out, I think we can have a play- make a big dent in the kingdom of darkness around our area. So many people are going to be helped and saved and healed and good things. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in us and through us, among us, around us. You're everywhere. You take up all the space. Thank you, Lord, for filling our lives completely. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of each person present now, stirring them up unto good works, stirring them up unto good experiences, recognition of your presence. Father, I pray that the words, the testimonies, the stories of what you're doing would would be like a fire shut up in their bones. Just got to get it out and share it. Just got to tell someone of what the Lord has done. And thank you for helping us. And bring us together. Lord, these are divine connections. These are relationships ordained and designed by you. That we would help one another. That we would benefit one another. And our own shared experiences and life with you. Thank you for working in us all today. Thank you for an elevation of your spiritual activity in our consciousness today. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor.